Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. show for a while because Zach's music is so different than any other guest I've had and by chance he was here at Christmas to visit his parents and on the way to the airport uh, to catch a flight back to England he actually stopped by the Royal Scruggs Center and took some time to do an interview with me and uh listen to it because it's very good and he's a great performer and I wish him well in England. Okay, I'm back here with Zach and he is living in Chicago now and... Actually, I'm living in London. Oh, no, no, at the point of the story here. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 We're in Chicago. We ain't okay. got to London yes. yet. Yes, we're going to London. But, but so, so we're there working on a master's, uh-huh. singing all we can. Um, this is something I'll bring up. So did some kind of rock and roll thing happen for you there when you were living in Chicago? Yeah, so I... Uh, it was one of those times when like the backup singing came back into my life, which has happened a couple times. Um, I did a right when I got into Chicago in the first couple weeks. Um, I was asked to audition for a, um, an off-Broadway review that actually aired on PBS. Um, that was all like Broadway, You're right? Um, like medleys put together sure. and things like that. So I got to be a fun like backup singer for oh, this yeah. this thing. And then when I graduated uh, from my master's degree, um, the Rolling Stones came into town. Yep. And they were on their 50 and counting tour. And as a surprise finishing act, they had hired choirs in every um, city that they were touring in. And so I got to sing with the Rolling Stones, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, and bet. It was it was one of those exhilarating experiences, especially in Chicago, because the Rolling Stones consider Chicago as like their American home. Right. It's where they got their name. Right. Um, it was also Mick Jagger's seventieth birthday, oh, so that's that was cool. kind of fun to get to sing Happy Birthday to Mick Jagger. Now, how did a rehearsal go for that? I mean, it was very fast, um, and that's that's one of the things, especially as you become more of a professional right. singer, um, you kind of go from. Uh, just doing music for fun and right. you know you perform whenever you feel like it or right. whenever you feel ready mm-hmm. um, and then in college you have more of a deadline right. and then as a professional singer you're lucky if you get a full run through right. and that's what happened we we learned the music we were sent the music we 
had a rehearsal or we were prepared by a, a choral director um, in Chicago for one rehearsal. And then the next day we showed up at the United Center and we got a run through. Oh, you did get a run through. With, with the band. Yeah. And then that was, that was it. We then performed three shows back to back. But were, were these, uh, how many songs were we on? Were uh, we just one. Um, it was you can't always. Yeah, get I figured what you that's want. what it was yeah. going to be, but that's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, um, it was I, it was fun because it it also blended that song blends two different things because you start off as like this British boy choir kind yeah. of sound, yeah, and then all of a sudden it becomes a gospel true. This medley is true. at the end, yeah, um, and that was kind of it was one of those kind of full circle moments for me, of, right. I'm I'm here and I'm doing this classical thing at the beginning, and then all of a sudden I get to sing as a gospel singer, which is what I yeah, grew up right. doing. Yeah, exactly. How I really express myself as a singer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So 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 see, I mean, and that's another thing. I think people think, okay, you know, he's off singing something that's not pop or rock, but but then opportunities come along. I mean, right. I mean, being a professional singer, uh, I've known professional backup singers, you know, who have sang all kind of things that, oh, yeah. that did not, was never their intent, it just fell the way it did, yeah. you know, yeah. and some of it good and some of it right, bad, right. you know, right. so, and even commercials, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, so. I was on a Big Lots commercial. Yes, <laughs> you know, and that's another thing, they see you up there on a, on a big stage, yeah. but uh, yeah, I sang a Big Lot commercial, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, um, later that summer, I did my first Europe tour as a soloist. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I toured singing Haydn's creation in German, which is about three hours of German in Germany. Um, and that was when all of my languages started <laughs> coming together. Of uh, you, you know you've done a good job when... German people come up to you afterwards and they just go straight into German. Oh, yeah. And they think that you're the German singer. Right. And I mean, my name also kind of. True. Helps it does. With it that. does. It yes, confuses it does. people. Yes, more it, than would, anything. it would. And that works well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that was an interesting experience of really communicating in another language and having to communicate in another language. How scary was the um, first show? It was, yeah, it was quite nerve-wracking. Because yeah. it's, it's one of those things of you, you do it, and especially in America, you're trained to do all of these languages. Right. You're graded by Americans. Right. All of your oh, teachers yeah. are American. Americans, yeah. And maybe they speak the language, yeah. but at the same time, it's not their first language. True. And then getting into Germany and realizing, oh, I can actually do this. Yeah. Okay, that's great. I guess after the first one, it became pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, living in Germany and being there for a while, I, I just got used to the language, and you start hearing things in a different way. Right, and yeah. You're interacting with people, and so you're actually using your language to communicate, right. not just saying. Saying, yeah. Um, so that was... That was really interesting. Where where did you spend most of your... Was this based somewhere in... Uh, no, it was a tour. It was a tour. Um, so, over... I, I ended up touring five summers in Europe as wow. a soloist. Um, about four to six weeks each. 
Um, and mostly in Germany, our, the conductor that I was working with was German. Yeah, that's another thing I was going to ask you about is the conductors. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that has a lot to do with every part of your singing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess you have some guys that maybe that you don't get along with. I mean, conductors um, can be a little, you know. They, <laughs> they, they can be. I, I haven't really had many issues with that. That's good. Um, some people really do clash and their yeah. personalities clash. Um, but there also is just this feeling of professionalism. Yeah. Like this, this is your job and your job, you are hired by a company to be an artist. Right. So you are bringing yourself to the table, right. but you have other people who have artistic visions sure. as well. And hopefully they're good colleagues and you can work together to create something that really works well. Um, and I guess it does come down to parking some egos at the door sometimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, and, and is there a pecking order? I mean. Um, it's, it is one of those, to, to give you a little bit of like behind the scenes. Yes. I mean, the conductor sets the tempos. Right. And he is in front of the orchestra. But as a singer, you're the soloist, True. so the orchestra is also trained to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And there is this like invisible thread kind of thing that you can pull a little bit, the conductor can pull a little bit, right. and you hope that it never snaps. Oh, yeah, I understand. That's good. So, but you you could just completely derail a performance by just picking your own tempo or right. doing your own thing and you end up dragging the orchestra with you with the conduct and then it becomes a fight yeah. and you can actually feel that oh, i'm sure and you can when you're like listening to performances sure. you're like there's something going on that's yeah. not something's not right, right. <laughs> yeah oh yeah but your your goal is to not have that to sure. happen well that becomes just as with anything being a professional and keeping it all at a professional level as as opposed to yeah well, yeah we're gonna do it this way right <laughs> right and at the end of the day it's it's more about the audience than it is about you and the more that you make it about you the less that you touch and and affect your audience right. and you have a lot of people who are coming for an experience and some of them it's their first experience some True. of them they've been going their entire life yes, their and love and passion right right and so you can easily lose the main reason that you're there because all that you're thinking about is yourself mm -hmm. or you're thinking about you know oh i'm gonna show so and so that right. i can do this or mm -hmm. and I nobody wants to see a power struggle sure so yeah yeah, because it is a performance also. Beside beside the, the musical part of it, it is a performance. Yeah, and there's, a live there's this performance. magic that happens in my performance, mm -hmm. especially when the art is so great that it transcends uh, language. Mm -hmm. It transcends so many things, and it unites people in a really incredible way. And those moments that happen, the audience is just as important as the performer. Sure, they are. Yeah. And the person who's playing, you know, 
15th violin sure. all the way in the back is just as important as the concert master. Right. And when everyone is in that space at that time and like hearts actually start beating right. together, it, it's this kind of sacred space that's created. And your goal is to create that space right. every time that you're on stage. And so it's one of those weird things of being a performer where who knows what's going on in your life. True, you don't you know? know that stuff, yeah. You, you might be exhausted. Yeah. This might be your second performance of the right. day. This, you know, your kids might be doing something crazy True. at home. True. Like, who knows what's don't happening. Know. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. But your goal and the, the part of the professionalism is that you kind of check all of that at the door and you try to create that environment every single time. A, a consistency in the, in the work. I mean... Particularly on a tour. I mean, yeah. do you have some nights that are just better than the others? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do, but and but I, but it's about an overall consistent yeah. product, I guess. Yeah, I think the the touring was interesting. One of the tours that I went on was uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, which is just it's really difficult vocally, um, and I had to perform it 15 times over about 30 days, so it was almost every other day that I was singing just these really loud, high passages. And some days were much better than others. Yeah, true. And you, you hope that like you can get through it as best as you possibly yeah, can. Yeah, I mean, do you wear out? I mean, do not wear out. Do you grow weary of it after, say, 13 days, 12 I, days? I, some, sometimes. Um, you know, you, you kind of just, you want to do something else. However, you are living the life, you realize. Right, <laughs> which, right. Which does make it a little easier. Right. I mean. And that, that was one of the things was all of the places where we were performing, concert halls, festivals, um, things like that. It, it Sometimes that would be the inspiring True, I element. can see that. Yeah, the, yeah, this is true. I mean, like, I'm sure I'm you see some. exhausted, and I've been traveling all day, right. but now I have to like sing, and I have a new conductor oh, from yeah. that town. Yeah. And you know, you're you're just tired, but you you still have to perform, and you still have to think about what you're what you're gonna do. Right. And a lot of the a lot of that's just training. Right. Um, there there's this thought that oh, you're just really talented. And so that's how well, that's, you can yeah, do this. I, mean, I think that's what people think about music in general. Right. Is that, I mean, they don't see, and that's what kind of this is about. People don't really see what artists of any type go through to get to where they yeah. are. And, and I guess something like a hall or a venue can totally change, uh, and even an audience, I guess, your whole take on the night. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and your performance. Yeah. And it, Especially as a as a singer and especially as an opera singer, being unamplified, your body is your instrument. True. And so if you're tired, your voice is tired, your body's tired, everything's tired, but you still have to do really Olympic stuff. I mean Yeah, you do. You're singing especially with like a Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, usually the orchestra's eighty to a hundred players. Yeah. The choir is usually mammoth. Right. So sometimes the choirs I was singing with were like 150 to 200 people. Wow. And I'm having to sing over, over all that. of that. Mm. Um, so so do, do you have problems with your voice ever? 
or is it is it pretty? I, I have had really. I have had some vocal issues here and there. Um, is it does that have something much. to do with, with overuse or, yeah. or or fatigue maybe? Yeah, it's does weather affect it's yours? Overuse. Uh, weather can. I, I mean, anytime. It's just that, like any instrument. Yeah, it's just like any instrument, but it's also, you know. If you get a cold as a regular person, <laughs> just think like I'm a regular person right. too. It's just that I now have to sing through all of that. Does does that affect your range? Yeah, I mean it can if I if I actually lose part of my voice. Um, but it hopefully not. I've I've had to sing a lot sick. Yeah. Um, one of the operas that I was in in Chicago uh, was a two man opera. Um, called In the Penal Colony by Philip Glass. And on opening night, I had the flu. <laughs> and I actually don't remember that performance. Mm. I remember being home afterwards and sitting on my couch. But the, the director of the company actually like put me in a cab and sent me home after the performance. And I don't wow. really remember it. But... It's kind of one of those things where you hope that you've trained your body well enough to just do it. Yeah. And in your case, too, you can't, okay, I'm feeling bad tonight. I know I can't reach. I can change my key. You know, I can sing right. it a step down tonight. Right. You That's don't have that option. option. <laughs> I mean, you know. No. No. I mean, no. You've, got to, you've got to go out there and do it the same way each yeah. time. I mean, yeah. I can drop mine a step because I'm playing wherever and... I know I can't get there tonight, so I can drop it. Right, but, right. You know. And I, that's also one of the differences between uh, classical musician and uh, a, a popular musician. Right. It's, I mean, you have set music. Yeah. There, there are things that you can change and things that you can play with, and depending on the style, right. things you can do with it. But you really pretty much you're locked you're to set. it yeah you are yeah you are <laughs> um everyone else has no a certain key yes. and everyone has to be playing in the same yeah. one so yeah i yeah. mean not a lot of improvision yeah no no um i haven't i haven't really had issues when it came to like the high notes and things right. like that that was just something that uh when i actually figured out how to do that it just like locks in oh, that's um, great. in my body because um, I actually transitioned from a baritone to tenor. Um, and when I started singing at Crest High School, I was a low bass. Oh, really? And so this kind of weird thing happened where my voice just dropped and then started rising and went up from there. But I guess I guess you still have, a, that being the case, I guess you still have a pretty pretty large range, vocal uh, range. Yeah, I do. A, a lot of the work that I've, that I, kind of fell into, again, was modern compositions, right. which require the singer to just do really out there stuff. Right. Um, when I made my uh, Chicago Symphony Hall debut, um, I was singing this piece by Jacob TV that required the tenor soloist to go down to like a low A mm -hmm. and all the way up to a high D. Yeah, that's a pretty big range, yeah. And I'm, you know, they, a lot of composers are, are trying to test, you know, what's possible yeah, in the voice. Sure. And if they have someone who's able to do that, they'll compose 
for that. For that, right. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I was lucky to have kind of grown up that way sure. and um, know what it's like to sing as a baritone. Right. And still every once in a while need to use that knowledge. Right. But then also have the upper range that's required sure. for a lot of modern composition. That's great. All right. Zach and I are back here in the Earl Scruggs Center, and um, we're touring. We're touring solo around Europe. Now you're coming back to Chicago. So what happens? I mean, you come back to Chicago, you wait till the next tour comes around. I mean, <laughs> explain how how this works. Yeah. So after my master's degree, I I worked as a professional singer full time for about three years. Um, which was always a struggle because you go through times of a lot of work, you go through times of no work. Sure. Sometimes you go through a lot of times of a lot of work but no pay. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, it's a musician. Um, right, right. <laughs> not, not the most stable life. No, no. Um, and then my, my last summer tour that I did was also my longest. I think I was on the road for about three months. Yeah. And living out of one suitcase really only being in like one place for two to three days at a time that is hard and preparing a lot of music i was in um on a, a tour in europe for about six weeks but then i also had some recital work that i was doing i was singing in festivals right here in the states and i got to the end of that and i was just tired yeah um really having no stability, uh, still just making ends meet, but singing a lot. Right. Um, you know, it's one of those weird things. I, I was singing for like a German uh, prince. Right. And in one of the concerts, and I'm like a guest of his at the castle, but like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I make minimum wage. <laughs> I mean, I'm below the poverty line. But here I am with But a, I'm yeah, here like royalty. having dinner with like a, a German <laughs> prince. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it was one of those just weird things of, I, I had also, um, right out of my grad school, started a, an ensemble called Fourth Coast Ensemble. And it was a, huge passion of mine because as a solo singer you basically you lock yourself up in a room and you're practicing all the time and right. you really don't see other people until you start working on the actual process of an opera or you start touring with other soloists or you um so it it can feel lonely yeah um and so a part of fourth coast ensemble was there's this wealth of amazing music out there for four voices right and so we just started we decided to start that and um when we started it, i don't think we knew that we were actually like starting a business right and that we were going to go through a huge learning curve when it came to actually starting our own company sure. um and it grew a lot and I learned a lot as an arts administrator. Um, and I also learned a lot about myself in that I, I enjoyed making opportunities for other musicians. Yeah. And 
you know, it can feel very narcissistic. It can feel like you're always pouring into yourself. True. And um, so when I came back from that last tour, um, again, falling into something, about a week back, um, I had been working in the ticket office at the Lyric Opera House of Chicago, uh, just part-time in between gigs to yeah. kind of oh, make yeah, ends and things yeah. like that. And my boss came to me and just said, hey, there's this job opening in the development department to do some fundraising and things like that. Um, I've put your name forward because they need someone to start as soon as possible. Right. And you have an interview tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, if you want to stop, then we'll say no. But, you know, it is a great opportunity. I think it would be a good fit for right. And I uh, listened to her sage advice. And it was also just that, it was that time in life where I was, I was feeling like I needed a change. Mm -hmm. And the change needed to be a lack of change. Right. Yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah. I Instead it. of, yeah. like, waking up in a different country mm -hmm. every day. Um, so I interviewed for the job and felt like it was an incredible opportunity for me to learn more about the music business, um, for me to take a lot of the skills that I had learned from building this ensemble. Right. Um, but then also to learn about the music business to then apply sure. more for that ensemble. Um, so I ended up taking the job and um, as a part of that I uh, ran the board of directors at Lyric Opera, um, which was an incredible experience just in business in general. Mm. Oh yeah. But then also doing it for an opera company and doing it for something that I really loved right. was great. And to see that grow and yeah. to learn about systems and um, all of those things and how to relate it to music. Um, I mean, it almost goes back to part of your early, your early music education in a way, in a way that that it's not performance, but it's back to your probably your original mission, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and also, um, I loved math. Yeah, and I had played around with being an attorney. And so it was a nice way for me to actually work with right. attorneys and mm -hmm. um, both on the fundraising side, but also on the like business governance sure. side. Um, and to see the music business in a incredibly high level. Yes. Um, I mean, the Lyric Opera of Chicago is one of the largest opera companies in the world. And to see how they operate and to, oh, yeah. to learn all of that. And that's fascinating to me, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to also, uh, I also did some like artist relationship kind of thing where I was a liaison between an artist sure. and a donor. Mm -hmm. um, so I had the opportunity to work with some of the world's greatest opera singers and just to see how that works. Oh, yeah. um, Especially when you get to that high of a level, it's the the business is much more than just standing up and yeah, singing. Yeah, yeah, And you know, there there's so much to it uh, beyond just the voice and beyond the talent. Sure. Um, so, and then from from there, I um, I've just recently moved to London. 
and now I'm the um, general manager of City Music Promotions. And we promote and produce over 130, 250 concerts a year wow. of classical music. Um, so I, I just finished a Scotland tour with our uh, the Piccadilly Sinfonietta oh. um, and uh, came here for Christmas. Oh, so. that's great. So the future looks bright. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you spent time in Europe, so I don't think it's much of an adjustment for you to live there, is it? Uh, not, not that much. Um, yeah. I, honestly, sometimes I forget that I, I live in London. Right. Um, so a lot of my bosses are like the conductors I was working with oh, in yep. Chicago oh, were oh, British. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so there, there are times when I come out of a meeting and I just kind of forget that, oh, yeah, I, I live in London live now. In London. <laughs> London, Chicago, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean big we're, city we're big city and, and big city. Yeah. 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 I mean, different but big. Right. So, right. Well, it sounds like the future is real good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, and how much singing are you doing these days? So I'm, I'm still singing. Um, I'm kind of giving myself some time to, right. uh, to figure that out. Uh, one of the things that I really love, and so my, my postgraduate degree is in um, art song. Okay. And art song really is about telling a, a story. Sure. And it's something that can be done at any time. It, I kind of view it as like reading a good book. Um, you can do it for your friends and a lot, a lot of art song came from that. It came from like um, Schubert writing songs and um, the local singers from the opera house coming over and friends right. gathering in a parlor and reading through this incredible music. Right. Um, and so I, I kind of view that is like what I what I want to see next okay. for my career um, is actually not really so much of a career per se, but just enjoying the music and sure. performing for friends and living the music. Right, yeah. right. And I, I also um, love singing in choirs, and so I in England is a huge uh, choir place. And one of the churches in London, they have a monthly service kind of for professional, former for right. former professional singers that you can come together and do an even song and they call it even song for the city. And it's just really interesting because you have a whole bunch of people who grew up singing sure. and some of, many of them had sung at a professional level but they're now doing other things. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they just want to come together, and you have about, like, an hour to rehearse, and then you you do this service of pretty difficult music. That's good. And it's fun and challenging and rewarding. Um, Definitely, you have to live in big cities to, to have that. For classical music, yeah. Yes, for classical yeah. music, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean... Yeah, I mean, well, you actually did it in Charlotte in a in a different scope, but right. same type of thing, different different music, different perspective. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's, but that's something that you know, there, there's always this question of the divide between classical music and pop music, right. where um, it's all communication, it's all human, it's all 
you know, some of it's written down in a specific way, some of it's uh, not written right. down in a specific way. Um, but there is this universality to it. There's, um, it, it's all about the human life, the human it connection, is. the human story. It's the universal language in right. music. I mean, right. every culture in any place in the world, music is a common link. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the same, but it's a pretty common link. Yeah, and there's something about making music that connects you to yourself. Oh, it is, yes. But it, then it connects you to other people it as does. well. Um, so, yeah. Well, I know that you have a plane to catch, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy <laughs> schedule uh, to come and do this. Yeah, this is so, a pleasure. Thank you right. so much. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with Zach Vandenberg, and he is graciously considered to uh, sing a song for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to. All right. Um, this is one of my favorite art songs, and when I heard it the first time, I just fell in love with it. And it's it's in German, um, but it's the the translation of it is. Um, Oh, beautiful art, um, how often when times were dark um, have you created a ring around me that reminds me of better times? Um, you have put love into my heart. You have brought me into a better place, and thank you for that. Um, so this is Andi Musik um, by Schubert, and I'll just sing the, the first verse. Sure. Holocaust im grauen Stunden, wo mich des Lebens wilde Kreis umstrickt, hast du mein Herz zu Hast mich in eine bessere Welt entrückt, in eine bessere Welt entrückt. That is wonderful. 